Hi, this is Nick Forster. We're continuing our celebration of 30 years of E-Town on the air with a look at our 2002 season this week with a special show featuring some great blues music. And that show starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests. From Charlottesville, Virginia, rounder recording artist Corey Harris. And from Santa Rosa, California, Telarc recording artist Charlie Musselwhite. Right now, here's your host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We're... Get together every week, listen to some great live music, talk about the world around us. Now, uh, I am a, a white guy, and I'm not just white, I'm really, really white. <laughs> My people come from some foggy, bog-filled land back in Europe, you know, a few hundred years ago. But believe it or not, that does not keep me from having a connection to the blues. I heard the blues music first on the radio, so actually my connection to the blues did also come from England, from white guys from England primarily, like the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds and Eric Clapton. I didn't really know about the guys that they learned from. You know, the guys like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and T-Bone Walker and Little Walter and Freddie King, John Lee Hooker. And I didn't even know about the acoustic blues guys like Reverend Gary Davis and John Hurt and Lightning Hopkins. I hadn't heard about those guys. I, I got into the blues that was in bluegrass music and old-time music. People, you know, really, I think Bill Monroe and Ralph Stanley and Doc Boggs and those guys have a lot of blues in their music. And I believe that blues really is, it's both a point of departure and a destination. It's the kind of thing that connects all kinds of things that we talk about as being soulful music. So it didn't start with white guys like me, but that doesn't keep me from being a part of it or enjoying it. I do want to say that our first guest uh, was born in Mississippi. He grew up in Memphis, did hear about all the real blues guys. He did hone his skills on his instruments, and he did play music with uh, literally most of the legends in blues when he moved to Chicago and then to San Francisco. Very glad to have him back with us. Please welcome back to E-Town from Santa Rosa, California, Mr. Charlie Musselwhite. Thank you. Thank you. 
find me on the rough side of town. Remember me, darling, when your blues come down in your lonely room, in your darkest hour. Won't you call on me? Staring out your window, another lonesome dawn. Remember the good times, baby. Honey, come back home in your lonely room, in your darkest hour. You can call on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'd like to invite Helen Forrester to help me out on a little tune here. Stay when it's gone. Too long. 
I've seen shine I know what and what is not mine I've seen glitter and I've seen gold I've heard everything I've been told And I don't want to spend my lifetime walking A trail of tears, no I Don't want to spend my whole life walking Good to have you back here, Charlie. Oh, it's great to be back. I feel right at home. Yeah, well, you know, we like all kinds of music around here, and so do you. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as it's from the heart. Yeah. So where does that come from? When you were growing up, you lived in a pretty lively place. I understand it was a, it was a part of Memphis. There was a whole bunch of different kinds of people living at the same time. There was a lot of music all around me. I lived right by this trailer court, and there was a lot of itinerant people coming through there playing music. And there was blues singers and country singers and hillbilly, you know, all around the neighborhood. And I was just soaking it up. Yeah. yeah. And gypsies, too. Gypsies, <laughs> carnival people, yeah. Quite an interesting neighborhood. And at some point, you must have taken all that stuff that you're listening to and decided, you know, I'm going to go in this one direction. How did that happen? Well, I tried to play like hillbilly music, and I liked it, but I just seemed to couldn't get the hang of it. Blues just seemed to be so uh, logical. It just fell right in place. I could just play it easy. Yeah. And were there people in Memphis that you started out playing with? And well, it was guys like Furry Lewis and Will Shade and, and a lot of names that wouldn't mean anything to anybody. Uh, Gus Cannon was around, and Memphis Willie B., and guy named Red Roby and Johnny Moment was a harmonica player. So I was soaking it all up. Yeah. And then you moved to Chicago and uh, dove right in. That's when things changed. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out you actually could work playing blues. And uh, so then I started really paying attention. Yeah. And uh, started getting hired. First I started sitting in. And then people would say, man, uh, you know, next Wednesday we're at such and such a club. Won't you come by? And, we can pay you $2, you know. <laughs> I thought I was making something. Was, was race ever an issue for you, like getting into the clubs or being part of that scene at all? No. Uh, at that time, like, the blues players, like Muddy and Wolf and them, were, they were adults. This was adult music. Nobody my age was going into these clubs. Yeah. When I'd go in, I mean, they were real flattered that I would make the effort to come find them and I knew who they were and had their records and knew the names of their tunes and would request them and this really knocked them out. Then when they found out that I played, they'd make me sit in and so it was real, it was a real casual, warm, happy, yeah. good time. Oh, you know? that's cool. Of course, on the street, getting to the place could get kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I could be pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you've had a chance to travel around and soak up music from different parts of the world, too. I know that you were influenced by Cuban music and some music you've heard in South America and other parts of the world. It all just fits together in your mind, right? Well, it's music of lament or music of the heart. You know, it's got feeling to it. Some of these tunes from like, there's a kind of music in Brazil called forró, and it's not the top 40 music. You don't hear this on the radio much, but you hear it in the alley, and guys playing for tips on the corner and in little bars. And if you get translations of the tunes, they're singing about stuff like, well, my baby left me, and I found out she got a new razor and is looking for me and stuff. (laughs) That sounds like the blues to me, you know? And, uh, might well, be in a different language, but it's the same stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you and your wife actually have some stuff that's kind of unique that's happened to you that it wasn't, I don't think, I don't know other people. Uh, you certainly had a, a little run of bad luck. You were down in Mexico and you were both in a bad car wreck where semi truck uh, was gunning for you for a little while there. Yeah, I got hit by an 18 wheeler in the side and got 12 broken ribs and they thought I was going to lose my kidney and my spleen. And I fooled them though. <laughs> I came on through. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, your wife Henrietta had some had a little run in with a shark down in Hawaii. That's uh, that's serious blues. Yeah, she got a little encounter with an eight foot tiger shark that hit her in the back and broke a bone and a rib and gave her four and five inch deep lacerations. But here's what happened. Most people, when they get hit by a shark, they panic. That's like ringing the dinner bell for the shark. (laughs) Henrietta just calmly turned around, and as the shark was coming around, she just gave it this look, (laughs) which I have seen. (laughs) On a couple of occasions. And that shark, they were like 10 inches away, eye to eye. And that shark saw that look and left. (laughs) This is unusual. (laughs) Because usually those uh, tiger sharks don't leave. Yeah. (laughs) Well. So I think this tiger shark now is a social outcast with the rest (laughs) of the sharks. Well, I hope that whatever it was that gave you that little run of bad luck, it's turned around, and maybe it's just Henrietta's look that's changed it all. But glad you're here. Glad you're both here. I'm glad to be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you've got a new record out. Again, the record is uh, sort of more of your big vision of what music uh, fits together, works together. There's blues and there's country and uh, kind of folk and bluegrass, but it's all bluesed up the way I play it, and yeah. it's... Uh, is named after a Los Lobos tune, right? A line from a Los Lobos tune yeah. is called One Night in America. Yeah. All right, Charlie. Well, let's get back to music. Welcome back to E-Town, if you would, from Santa Rosa, California, or north of there, actually, a little bit, from the wine country, Mr. Charlie Musselway. Thank you.
took me when I was a little child. You know, blues overtook me when I was a little child. You know, fast women and whiskey made this poor boy wild. I ain't complaining. When I was a kid, early on my own, I took the highway.
Thank you, Cameron. Mr. Charlie Musselway. All of the E-Tones, Chris Engelman, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly. Helen Forster singing a little bit. Charlie Musselway. We'll be back with our Achievement Award plus music from Corey Harris after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster, you're listening to E-Town. Mr. Charlie Musselwhite's going to be back. Play some more music in the second half of the show. And coming up, Corey Harris, another guy who has traveled around and uh, taken music with him all over the world. He's going to be up, play some songs from his uh, latest release, Down Home Sophisticate. But first, folks, it's time to find out about the uh, winner of this week's Achievement Award. This is a time when you guys let us know about somebody out there who's making a real difference, working hard to make their communities, their hometowns a little better, a little stronger, we get a chance to share their story on the air. The award is made possible by a grant from Whole Foods Market. And here comes Helen Forrester to tell you about this uh, important part of every show we do. Thanks, Nick. We heard about this week's winner from listener Andrew Hare of Loveland, Colorado. Andrew listens to E-Town on KUNC out of Greeley. And he emailed us with the following. I'm writing to nominate Carmine Klausner of Fort Collins for her work with the Native American community. Several years ago, she founded a nonprofit organization called Pathways to Spirit. They're dedicated to helping the Lakota people on the reservations of South Dakota, including the Pine Ridge Reservation in Shannon County, South Dakota, which is the poorest county in the United States. They provide food, school supplies, much-needed appliances and household items, plus they help pay for utilities and propane, and even provide housing for the homeless on the reservation in a very unique way. Andrew continues, I'm particularly impressed that 97% of donations go back into program services. That's from listener Andrew Hare. Now, I'm happy to say that Carmine is able to join us in person this week, and she's going to tell us more about the work she's doing. So let's bring her out right now. Please welcome this week's winner, Carmine Klausner. How are you, Carmine? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm always curious about someone like you who gets started on doing something that's as big as this. I mean, how did you take your first step? Well, it's a long story that I'll make short. We were invited to a spiritual ceremony on the Pine Ridge Reservation probably about eight years ago. And while we were there at this ceremony, you camp and everything. And first thing that happened was a little girl would come every morning to my tent and asked to wear my shoes. She didn't have any shoes. Wow. And she'd wear those shoes all day and bring them back every night and lay them by my tent. Next morning, she'd come and get them again. 
And then we noticed that all the little boys were playing in pants that were probably three, four sizes too big. So they'd have one hand holding up their pants and the other hand they'd play with, so they were like handicapped. They didn't even have a piece of rope to hold their pants up or anything. So we said, this is ridiculous. We have so much out here, so much waste that we could go back home and just in our block, in our neighborhood, gather up clothing and shoes and things. And so what did you start doing? I mean, first of all, it's amazing that that level of poverty exists in our country. People don't know about that. It's right in our backyard, 300 miles away. There's 40,000 people living on the Pine Ridge Reservation. 80% of them are unemployed due to not their own fault. There's no economic development. Out of those 40,000, 80% are homeless, which means they're living either in their cars or mostly in two-room houses with anywhere from 25 to 40 people in a house. Uh, Especially elders and young people suffer greatly. Right. Now, this is, so this is a big problem you bumped into, and you uh, came back, and what'd you do? You started to try to make a difference. We just got friends together and neighbors and started gathering up clothing, and then my two-car garage was filled every inch of it with clothing and shoes and everything, and we're like, uh-oh, how are we going to get it there? And so we just started looking for people with trucks and had a friend who was on uh, the Warren Air Force Base, and she said, well, I'll ask my commander for a truck, but, you know, that could take 10 years with the red tape. And next morning she called me, and the commander had given a one-ton covered truck, and wow. as long as she could drive it, off we went to the reservation with all our goodies. Wow. And so how often does that happen? In the first years, we made 11 trips a year with bunches of pickups and lots of volunteers, you know, wow. people who wanted to go and see. And the, uh, it's very difficult for people who go. It's a reality check. I mean, here we are, you know, we complain if our fingernail breaks and these people are struggling every day since the day they're born, they struggle. Yeah. Now, I suspect that there's a lot of people who think about Indian reservations and they think about, well, there's all those casinos and then you hear the thing in the newspaper about these, the Indian trust that's, you know, billions that have been mismanaged, so there must be plenty of money there. I mean, do you think people just simply don't know that this kind of hardship exists? People don't know. Many people that we run into feel that the United States government gives each Lakota person X number of dollars a year and Every treaty that was ever made was broken from the Fort Larimer Treaty of 1868 until now. Everything is always taken away from the reservation. Yeah. So you do this, I suspect this takes a lot of time. So are you paid to do this or how does this work out? No, we're all volunteer. We work on this every day of the week. Wow. So you have a group of you. There's now a bunch of volunteers. Yes, and they're all here tonight. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. Yeah. So Helen mentioned that you also help with um, expenses, utilities, food, other things like that. Yeah, it's amazing. We feel we've operated solely on miracles, and this is another miracle that's come to us to be able to share this with all of you. The beauty of these conversations for us is that there's lots of big problems. And big problems uh, are great generators of apathy. Not that there isn't a lot of people who are sympathetic, but people just don't know how to take a first step towards addressing it. So you've done a great job. And the things that you bring up there are used. They're used and utilized. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we bring refrigerators, washers, dryers, beds, mattresses, bedding, furniture, uh, sofas. And you're helping some of the homeless population find housing. 
this has been the most amazing thing, finding out how many people were homeless. And uh, one day I just, an idea came to me that there's all these used mobile homes, what happens to them? And I was appalled to find out that all these mobile homes, thousands of them just go to the landfill and they bury them. So I went around and asked them to donate them. And so in two years, we've now taken, there's one on the way today, 69 homes to the reservation. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff that's not going to the landfill, too. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to do this for a while, it sounds like. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Is there a website? or is There, there is, www.pathwaystospirit.org. Pathwaystospirit.org, okay. Well, listen, thank you for taking the time to tell us your story, and uh, congratulations. We're going to give you this Framed Achievement Award certificate for your efforts. Thank you. Share with your other volunteers, and once again, congratulations. This week's winner, Carmine Klausner. Thanks to listener Andrew Hare of Loveland, Colorado, who nominated our winner this week. For the folks listening at home, if you'd like additional information about Carmine Klausner and Pathways to Spirit, contact us. Or if you have an idea of someone you think deserves some recognition, send us their story, and they could end up on the air. Reach us here in E-Town on the net at info at etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. It's a great story, Achievement Award. Just uh, special stuff, those folks who decide to do something and make a difference. Um, as I mentioned, Charlie Musselwhite's going to be back later on to play some more blues for you. Right now, I want to tell you about our next guest. Corey Harris grew up in Denver, went to school in Maine, moved to Africa and New Orleans before settling in Virginia. And uh, every place he's gone, he's both uh, given and taken music sharing his talent as a guitarist and a singer and a songwriter, but also learning and uh, soaking up and studying the traditions and the music of wherever he goes. He's not a traditionalist or anything. He's always listening and uh, adding. And like Charlie, he kind of sees the connections in music as well as the differences. We're just thrilled to have him back on the show. Good guy. Please welcome back to E-Town. He now lives in Charlottesville, Virginia, Mr. Corey Harris. Cooking barbecue in the park Say what you gonna do, what you gonna do 
about cats, what you gonna do? Don't forget boys, no be strapped to Whatever you gonna do, sure as my book Dreaded ain't gonna be the last one, hey! Corey Harris, man, oh man. I love all. The, I love uh, uh, kind of hearing the little pieces and parts of your travels in your music. You know. Oh, all right. Taste. I can't imagine what your moving to Africa would have done for your both your musical and your whole cultural and creative being. It was definitely a pivotal time. Um, I learned a lot about myself, about heritage, about tradition. I learned a lot about music. I think foremost, I took away the importance of rhythm and all the different rhythms that exist. I think before I went, I was aware of rhythm being important, but I didn't know there's just an endless supply of rhythms out there. In the West, I think we only use a fraction of the rhythms that are really available. Can you uh, tap out something that will expand our horizons a little bit right now? Oh, well, gee. Let's see. Uh, I mean, that's a mambo, pretty that's much. That's a mambo. And that's an African rhythm that, you know, you pretty much everyone has heard, I believe, in the States. And if you go to New Orleans, you're going to hear it all day and all yeah, night. Yeah, sounds like a second line kind of a There feel. you go, yeah. same feel. Yeah. So having that rhythm uh, kind of overpower you must have changed the way you played guitar, too. So you For know, sure. Yeah. Um, well, you know, during slavery, drums were outlawed. It was a capital offense. You could be killed if you were found with a drum because drum was an instrument for insurrection. It was an instrument for communication without words. So you could, I think a lot of what we do on the guitars and, and on a lot of the stringed instruments is a lot of those rhythms had to be transferred, you know, because it was illegal to play them. Right. Now, I was asking Charlie about the role of musicians in traveling around and kind of connecting cultures and, uh, you know, different styles of music and so on. I expect you take that role pretty seriously. Yeah, you know, I mean, I try to, try to play what I know and what I really feel, you know. I've done, the past year, I've been to a, a place in West Africa called Mali, and I've uh, been hanging out with some cats like Ali Farka Toure and Bubakar Traore and Tumani Diabate. And so... You know, it's definitely school, yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. If somebody came to you and said, all right, Corey Harris, we're going to make you, as part of the official government of the United States of America, uh -huh. the uh, head of the U.S. Department of Culture, uh -huh. and your job is to aim towards world peace uh -huh. uh, through the arts, mm -hmm. what, what would you do? Gee. That's your new gig. Well, I was just telling George the other day, I said, George. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think really that as, you know, Americans over here, we have a lot of different cultures, and then we have an expression in our music like jazz and blues, which is a mixture of a lot of things. I mean, it's rooted in Africa, but it's a lot of people came about to make it possible. So, you know, we have to know who we are and share that with other people. Yeah. You know, because I think I travel a lot and, you know, people think like America's like, you know, what they might see on TV, you know, or something. Or they might go to New York and think, well, I've been to America. 
You know what I mean? But it's a lot deeper than that. So I think all of us, we have to know who we are and share that with others. And hopefully others will do the same back. And then that's where we can approach some sort of harmony with other humans. I know that you're also involved in other forms of artistic expression. You do some painting as well. Well, I do some drawing and some colored uh, pencil sort of thing. But yeah, I, I try to do different things. I've started doing some stonemasonry, which has been really interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, so music is one of the things that you do. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's definitely my passion. I like to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Well, we hope you don't. So All glad right. you're here. Get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, to E-Town, Mr. Corey Harris. Thank you. Well, this is a little tune I wrote. Uh, I wrote it in French, actually. It's a little waltz I recorded on a record I put out a few years ago. The record was Greens in the Garden. And this tune is called Pas Parler, which means shut your mouth, don't talk. Tais-toi, taisez-vous. Fermez tes lèvres. Here we go.
Thank you all. That's Corey Harris over in Charlottesville, Virginia. The CD is called Down Home Sophisticate. And I'm down to records. Corey Harris. We'll be back with more from our special show from our 2002 season after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KOTO, Koto in Telluride, Colorado, on WBJB in Lincroft, New Jersey, and on KMUN in Astoria, Oregon. As always, if you want any more information about any of the things we're doing here at E-Town, lots of info can be had online at etown.org. So um, we're going to bring back Charlie Musselwhite. It might not be obvious, but, you know, Corey and Charlie uh, travel around. They represent us, you know, all over the world. And I, and I like to think, because I'm that way, that uh, the more we connect with other cultures and, and the more we learn from actually visiting people in other countries instead of just watching them on CNN, the better shot we have at having a future that actually makes sense, where there is, you know, hunger is non-existent, where people don't have... Uh, a hard time having access to either education or health care where the economy is not totally dependent on trashing the planet and we can actually promote American values of freedom and democracy. I mean, all those things are possible if you sort of talk to everybody. So that's what I like the fact that these guys are doing this. They think they're just playing gigs. I happen to think they're actually changing the world a little bit too. So that's my point of view. Welcome back, if you would, Mr. Charlie Musselwhite.
I'll always be your friend I wanna go Go back home I can't find my way I wanna go Maybe I'll get lucky one day Once I had I had a few good days They're all behind me now Once I had a few good days Guess I'll get by somehow That's Charlie Musselwhite out there in Northern California. CDs go one night in America out on Telarc Records. Charlie Musselwhite along with E-Tones. Well, we've got time for about one more song. We're going to get Corey Harris out here to join the crew and uh, see what we can come up with. We're gonna do one more song, get everybody to uh, kind of dive in here. I want to thank all our visitors this week. Corey Harris, of course, Charlie Musselwhite did a fine job. I want to thank our award winner. Um, 
Carmine Klausner from Pathways to Spirit. Thank you very much for being part of the show, Carmine. Working to improve the quality of life up on the Indian reservations. Uh, I want to thank, of course, the E-Tones, Helen Forrester. I also want to invite you to check in with your public radio station or your commercial radio station, whoever it is that you get to hear the show. Let them know that you're tuning in. Let them know what you'd like to hear and the word will get back to us. I'm Nick Forrester. Hope you can be with us next week, right here, anytime.
That's Corey Harris, Charlie Musselwhite, the ever-versatile E-Tones doing their part. Thank you, folks. We'll see you next time. This is a production of E-Town. All right, there it was, Charlie Musselwhite and Corey Harris, plus Carmine Klausner, our award winner with Pathways to Spirit. That's the way it was, folks, back in 2002. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.